So who's uh, starting the show off? Uh, John Miles. It's always John Miles. I mean, it can't be anyone other than John, unless you want to do it. I'm worried about it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Junction City Podcast. I'm John Miles. I'm your host today. With me in the uh, good old sweat box, I've got Shane Forster and Colby Peterson. We're going to have Jaden Priest and Zach Thomas from the Weber County Democrats coming in later to talk to us. We're going to talk about that second mayoral debate, but we're going to give you our thoughts. We're going to give you our signature segment, Pinkies Up, Thumbs Down, and we're going to tell you what's going on this week. So uh, I guess first, let's just uh, let's talk about what we did. What'd you guys do this week? Yeah, what did I do? I, I did knock doors on Wednesday night. You're a candidate. Good man. Baseball on Friday night. That was awesome. It was a doubleheader. Got to take part in that. Bought some bratwurst at the ballpark, Lindquist Field. And then Saturday, I went and played golf up on uh, base. It's a nice, nice morning yeah. to play golf. And then, um, did you all read this book when you were in school? Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Oh, yeah, did you all dude. Read that book? No, great. I think so. Yeah, you know, it was a this is a book that was in the in the school library. You're saying n- not great? It was great. Yeah, I liked okay. it. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, so my wife is a huge fan of horror movies, loves them. We basically go and see just about, well, she goes and sees, I don't always go with her, but we go and see just about every horror movie that comes out. So we went and saw on Saturday afternoon, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was very frustrated at the end because I was like, Dude, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? I'm very worried about that. I'm not sure I'm going to see it just because eh, uh, they might box. botch it. Red, nah, just you red know box. what? Red box. That book is so much about the visuals, the the pictures in it. Like that's what. There, there are a lot of really good visuals. Like I mean, they do a good job of like staying true to like the pictures. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's oh, cool. okay. Like they had to like turn it into this narrative. You know what I mean? And uh, it all takes place in 1968. And I think there were a few digs against Trump in the movie because it's 1968. <laughs> so, you know, Nixon's yeah. up for election against uh, Hubert Humphrey, right? But then also that's the year that the Dixiecrats run a candidate because they're pissed off at LBJ and the Democratic Party. So these are Southern Democrats, you know, who eventually flipped and became Republicans. Uh-huh, right. Were, you know. Yeah, were, when we lost the South. They, they were, were racist. The yeah, 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 exactly. They're, they're mad about the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act that were passed earlier in the decade. So they run their own candidate, two candidates on, you know, the Democratic side, hands Nixon the election. But this this movie's going on during 1968, and there are, like, things that they say that, like, you can tell it's kind of a dig at Trump now. Mm. Like, there's this uh, there's this campaign poster up, and it's supposed to be around Halloween time, you know, so the election's very, very close. And there's this, it's like Nixon, I can't remember who the, the VP was, um, but then, like, there's a swastika between their names. You know, stuff like that. Hmm. All right, I'll so that, watch it. That was good, <clears throat> but I, I would say, yeah, don't, don't, don't go see it in the theater. Wait until it comes out. Hey, what did I, you do? Thanks, man. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was hoping somebody was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, I've been, uh, I've been hanging out on the parkway, so I, I fixed my bike, and then I've been going down yeah. by our two rivers. This city has two really awesome rivers. And I went, there is an overpass right by the dump that is like the best overpass ever, but it looks like there's been like hobos doing drugs down there and like maybe sleeping and probably like shitting in little holes and so you're kind of scared 
to go there. <laughs> but if somebody just little spent a little, little, well, yeah, that's the fear is that there's just a little, you think it's a simple little hole, but it's got a poop in there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, it's like it's like a really you beautiful. No, it's you don't want to go there now, but it could be an amazing place. And I know that they've put the work into like the parkway is beautiful. If you haven't gone on it, like mm-hmm. going from Riverdale all the way to to Lauren Far is like awesome. But they could do a lot more with it. I spent all this whole day today just sitting in the river, uh, drinking beer. You're drinking beer in the river? Yeah. In like your swim trunks? Yeah. And that's it. Just sitting up to my chest in a river. Dude, and then Shane rides by and is like, what's up, John? Yeah. Hey, man. Every you once in a while, dude. Every once in a while, some Frisbee golfers would come over and they would give me a look like, yeah, like is he cool? Like, yeah. And then they'd see me drinking my beer and then they would just go back to what they were doing. <laughs> now that I think about it. Somebody might live there. Are you fish? There? No, man. No. No, he only drinks beer. That's there. a lot of work for me catch fish. <laughs> no, I'll bring it. If I want to eat something, I'll bring it. Yeah, my daughter had a AAU tournament this weekend. Nice. But Monday, I went to the mayoral debate. Nice. How was it? Oh, you went? I went. You know, it was kind of boring. Um, was there anyone who wasn't FOP? Yeah, quite a bit. Oh, really? I think quite a bit. Maybe 30, 40%. Huh. It's hard to tell. It's not like they were in uniform. Right. So, yeah, it was all right. Um, you know, the big talk was uh, Tavish brought up bringing back the uh, gang injunction. Oh, boy. He said that's how he would help crime in Ogden. Oh, man. Um, not like we have a crime problem, I don't think. I mean, I try to convince John that today. Come on. There's a difference between crime and murder. Wait a yeah, I guess it, so. I guess like so. I'm on the neighbor's app. I don't know. I get like five thefts in my oh, area dude. this week. I've got all kinds of car thefts going on. A couple, couple bicycles disappeared this week in Ogden. Well, we're saying Shane looked it up, and there was only six murders in Ogden. Yeah. I think last year. And that's high for us. Yeah, that's like a big number. So when people are talking about how bad the murder rates are, they mean right. They mean six. Right. So yeah, Tavish is a piece of shit. <laughs> no, he, he, is. Like he, he, he did not want to be there. He didn't want to be there. No, he's just slouching in his chair. He looks like, man, why did I get into this? Like, I don't know. Maybe he said it so he doesn't get elected. I don't know. I thought the best question, though, came from one of the uh, officers. He said, "Which, what are you guys going to do right now? Tell me how you're going to do it specifically. Um, so I don't know if you guys know. So we're losing four officers in the next 60 days. Well, just, you know, like Angel talked about last week. Yeah. And I getting think hired by other cities or, you know, Salt County or something, really paying more. Right. And it right. sounds like we're short already. Yeah. Four officers. So, I mean, that's putting us down eight officers. And, um, Caldwell is saying he's kind of like telling people like how budgets work. I don't know if you guys know this, but like if you have a certain amount of money you bring in mm-hmm. and you and you allocate it, if you have to spend more somewhere, you have to take money from somewhere else. Right. <laughs> I so don't that's know. If how he, that works. And he's kind of yeah, he's kind of like explaining that we're all like, man, this guy's a genius, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, so like, get out of here. So man. he's like telling us this, and I'm like, we're talking about like public safety. So if we're eight officers short in sixty days, I mean four. You said four. Well, four. We're but four already. I mean, already at four. We're plus already, yeah. Already four in sixty days. I see. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how you. I, I'm an Ogden resident. I don't want to be eight officers down. That's a lot. I feel like that's like very important. I feel like you guys have a budget at home. If your house payment somehow goes up three hundred bucks, you just don't go. 
well, you know, we got to take money from somewhere else. I don't know where it's going to be and go buy beer or go out to the movies and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you cut something out and you make sure your family has some place to live. You take that money from somewhere else and make sure when I need you, when I have to call 911, when I need those officers, they're not, they can get to my house. Right. Right. I mean, to me, that seems way more important than development where nobody's dying if you don't develop. Does that make sense? Yeah, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So, so yeah, like, yeah. take some money from there. Yeah. If you don't develop a building, though. Oh, well, it looks like that. Yeah, we're going to make maybe a little less saying. money. The development but that's not the same should as... be short $5 million before public safety is. Right, right. So let me go back to this, though. So the officer asked that question. And then Caldwell is going through, like, well, we've done this, and we've done this. I can't even remember them. And we're starting this, and we're doing that. And, and the officer's in the back going... And that's why we're fucking here. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're all looking at each other like, uh-huh. yeah, you you know, how many years has he had now? This is uh, eight. Eight, eight yeah. yeah, eight years. And this is where we're at. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't saying any new plans. He's saying right. what he's done already. And that, you know what I mean? It kind of it turned me off big time. Mm-hmm. Well, so what I want to know is, because I, like I said, I was in and out on that debate. It, it did seem like the majority of what the people wanted to talk about there was about the public safety issue about, yeah. and especially about the salary thing, right? Yeah. And so, like you said, Caldwell didn't have anything extra that he was necessarily putting forward aside from what's already being done. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, sure Caldwell. Tabish... I mean, Thompson actually said that it's a public service and it shouldn't be about the money. Like you guys are volunteer for a public service, pretty much. You're just lucky if you oh, get paid. That's bad, yeah. I swear he said that. I sw- oh, Tell me how you guys feel though. Like, what, do you guys want off? I mean, I want Arden City Police to be the highest paid police force there is, right? Well, and they kept bringing up. Tell me how this works. Like, oh, Salt Lake City has this budget. Salt Lake City gets paid. You know what I mean? We realize we can't be with them. Well, why not? We don't have as many officers as them. Yeah, and I heard somebody point that out. That they were like, well, why do you keep comparing us to Salt Lake? We're not Salt Lake. And, you know, I, I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but my rebuttal to that would have been, okay, you're right, we are not Salt Lake City. However, we are competing with Salt Lake City. Yeah. And so there are things that need to happen in yeah. order for us to continue to at least somewhat compete because we may not have comparable salaries. Right. But we need to close the gap, and I think that that's clear. Yeah, I mean, I want them to be comp- – I don't know. I live here – wherever you, you guys live in North Ogden. You want your officers to be comfortable. You want them to be able to live there. You want them to be able to, when they show up at your house, nothing else is on their mind. You don't want them to be thinking about paying their mortgage well, all day when they're doing their job. Yeah, and it, and it is, uh, I would say, I don't know, John, would you say the paying the North Ogden police force is somewhat of a minor issue? I mean, people are much more focused this, this year on the development, the, the pace of development and the things that have already gone on. But some conversation has been had about, paying the officers in North Ogden City because they do have their own police force that is smaller. Right. Yeah, I mean, like the same issue. <clears throat> there's like this whole concern in the community about crime and we had to have this meeting, this community meeting about it, but nobody in those meetings is talking about police pay. It's all about what can we do about these damn kids who aren't being held accountable, but nobody's like, we need to pay the police more. Right. Because it is a small force. And the city is growing. And they're around. Yeah. Like, they're they're handling it. And, you know, you can watch the the blotter on Facebook. They'll post, like, everything they responded to over the last couple of days. That's interesting. You should – I think it's North Ogden Police Department that posts it. Okay. That's good. I didn't know That's that. good stuff. Oh, wow. It's like, crazy person was walking around Smith's. Yeah. <laughs> Police came and asked them to leave. 
I'm going to have to find it now. Where do we come as, as a society that we allow like our police to start out in poverty wages? I don't know what is with our whole any so, so the reason we pay TV, anybody anything. Like, no, this is what I think it is. I mean, at the root of all of these problems, right? We're talking about teaching. You know, teachers can't get a good wage for some. Even though that some, you know, they're unionized, they still can't bargain for a good wage. Uh, police officers also union, right? This was right. this debate was put on by the, the police yeah. department by the, the police union. The FOP. Yeah, Fraternal Order of Police. Uh, a lot of it seems public folks, you know, and not just administrative folks. We're talking about people that provide the services that we need so our government can function. I think the root of why we're not paying those folks is because Republicans have poisoned the well for the last since Reagan. That government yeah. is the problem, right? Yeah. And so government doesn't get any more of my money because they're not doing a good job. So it's okay if we underfund government because Republicans believe that there's going to be some sort of a the, the third, so when I studied uh, for my, my bachelor's degree, I got my minor in nonprofit management. We call it, you know, you call it the third sector, right? You have the public sector, the private sector, and the third sector, which is nonprofits. Republicans have this weird belief that the third sector is going to solve all of the problems where the private sector and the government don't cover it. The, the third sector will take care of it. Charity, essentially, will <laughs> cover it. Yeah. And I just think that that's so dumb. Like, we saw that <clears throat> last year with the Medicaid debate. Well, government, you know, I think it was uh, Dan McKay, Senator Dan McKay down in Salt Lake County was saying that government should not be, you know, providing this health care, that, that, the go that yeah. third party or nonprofits should be the ones stepping into that gap. And then he had to delete that tweet because then people said, oh, gee, Senator McKay. Well, you know, because he mentioned churches specifically. And he said, well, gee, Senator McKay, maybe your church should consider offering people health care coverage then because they seem to have a lot of money. And, you know, we go to the same church, <laughs> mm -hmm. just different locations. And uh, he ended up, you know, having to walk that back a little bit. And I think that that is the issue here, is that Republicans have convinced people that the government doesn't deserve their money. And so you don't, any time that the government asks for more money to cover essential services like police, teachers, all that stuff, everybody complains. But at the same time, people are driving around with these, you know, these American flags with the blue stripe, you know, blue lives matter, all that stuff then pay the police. Well, and I don't think it should be overlooked that those people, you're talking police, teachers, government employees, they've been uh, intimidated away from being politically active. So where they maybe in the past would have said, you should be paying us more. Now they're afraid to speak yeah. out because of retaliation from the chief. Now the teachers union is endorsing the governor because they're afraid of retaliation if they endorse his opponent. Like that kind of stuff is gross. crazy. That's yeah, gross. That's not the way it works. Advocate for yourself. And but they also, can't. They're afraid. They get told. And no, it's probably right. a very real fear that they're going to lose their job. Yeah. I mean, even government employees are so afraid to even be seen like at a political event on their own time. You know, they just yeah. they get told that if somebody knows they're a government employee and they're being politically active, somebody's going to right. fire them is what it is. And like I said, I, I, I lay this solely at the feet of the Republican Party because they, <clears throat> Reagan went out there and sold this. Government is the problem. Garbage. And now there's no faith in government because we've degraded government for the last 40 years. Okay. And everyone looks around and says, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because everyone says the government sucks so bad. And then when government does inevitably make a mistake, that reinforces it, right? And so we're going to underfund the government. And then the government does a bad job. And then, of course, government is the problem. Yeah. They're not even doing a good job. It's like, yeah, because you're underfunding them. But yeah. 
you know, another thing that came up in that debate was expanding the base, getting businesses in. And a, and a lady stood up and she says, you guys don't give us tax breaks and, you know, there's no qualified workers. And it kind of bugs me, you know, like when Angel was talking about the tech sector, like every single morning, there's thousands of us driving from Ogden to Salt Lake, yeah. North Ogden to Salt Lake. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'd love to work here. There's just no money here. Mm. You know what I mean? And and just bringing any business in because you have a vacant building, that's not going to cut it. We don't need $13 an hour jobs in these buildings. So that's, I think, one of the main points there, Shane, is sure, we want to bring in these jobs. You know, I think it goes back to, remember when Facebook was going to come to, to Utah? Yeah. Well, they, they, and they were on the, they were saying they were going to get this big tax break and yeah. people in Salt Lake County were freaking out about that. Mm-hmm. And then they actually looked at the kinds of jobs and what they would oh, be, yeah, yeah, be yeah. paying. And like, they were only going to create something like 50 jobs. Yeah. And they were going to get millions. Yeah. In tax breaks. And so like And that's going on at Eagle Mountain. Facebook, there's their uh, data centers getting built down there. And they got huge tax breaks and they're only employing, I want to say fifty people when they're done. Right. Yeah. So the economic impact of them coming in, juxtaposed with the amount of money that the taxpayers are giving them to show up and be here, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. That's where I, I question I mean, both Mike Caldwell and Daniel I mean, Chavis's in, approach to saying we're going to bring in these businesses to Weber County and blah blah blah. Yeah. But what is the quality of jobs? It, it, it has to. Be, it has to be like an Intel Mike. They they got tax. They're still getting tax breaks. But you go out there and that the development, the jobs there. There's hundreds of people making over 100 grand a year there. That's what those jobs came. Hey, did you get the impression during that debate? I mean, I didn't see all of it, but it seems like everything I saw of Caldwell, he just like was not engaged. He wasn't engaged. No, he wasn't. It was it was really disappointing. I mean, I'm hoping. I wonder if he just thinks he's going to get through the primary, and so he says, "I mean, why, why take the risk of saying anything damaging right now?" That was my that was no, my impression. I mean, he didn't seem engaged at all. And I, I'll be honest, I felt Angel put up a bigger fight, said more on her show than she did there. I right. Think, I think part of that is she's just trying to get through the primary and. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she's going to have to attack. Yeah, she said a lot more here. I was thinking that, like, she could be saying something here that she she said to me yesterday. She got asked the question, like, what are you going to do? How do we get the money for us right now, pretty much? Mm -hmm. And she didn't bring up. She just said, I'm going to take funds from somewhere else and move them over. That's it. I think you're probably right. I think that she probably feels pretty good about the primary. Like, she's been pushing hard. And so you got to save something for the general, right? Right. I mean, if you come out yeah, and, 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 do, and do the exact details of how you're going to do it, mm-hmm. if it's wrong or it gives people a chance to rip it apart. Sometimes. Well, yeah, you don't necessarily give it all to the mayor right now. Right. So when they have another debate, Angel gets in. I mean, those kind of questions need to be asked from the crowd, from like people like John Miles. Like, yes. how exactly are you going to do this right now? How are you going to How are you going to fund the police department? Right. You know what I mean? Not like just some generic question. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's going to be asked. But like, how are you, can one of you promise that you're going to fund the police department if you get elected? Day one. Like feet to the fire questions. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, we I have, like that. We have some of those questions here, you know, like, will you commit to wearing purple on Friday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like Caldwell, like the city's changed in the years before you got here. Now we feel like we're on the downhill slide. What this... are you willing to change? So we don't keep heading in that direction. I love, this needs to be our new thing. This is like, uh, we're forcing people to listen to the podcast by just taking it right to the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. True. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. Let's do it. Get those eyeballs. I'm going to do it. Even if it's to make it more interesting for me to watch it when I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. at home. Because <laughs> it's kind of boring right now. Yeah. That's, that's good. That, needs to that should be the goal. Like, let's make this shit exciting again. Yes. All right. Yeah. Because everybody kind of looked forward. Everybody, like you were saying, though, like the people in there, a lot of them look like they wanted to say something. But uh-huh. When people are afraid. Yeah. But like, those are elected officials. Yeah. What are they going to, if they were to come down on you. That would be terrific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but they but like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's like, yo, you work for me, bro. You work, yeah. you work for me. Yeah. So you, can you promise me right now your decision isn't going to like cost my kid alive or your neighbors? Isn't, isn't mm-hmm. this what you're saying? Like, no. This is amazing. Now that you, it's like everybody has the opportunity to like once a week go to their elected official and berate them on camera when, that's going to be broadcast to the rest of the city. Why would you not do that? I think we've always had that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It. Yeah, yeah, you just didn't realize. I didn't realize it till right now. That sounds so fun. People, <laughs> people are going to open mic every Wednesday at Wise Guys. Yeah. What are you doing? They're waiting forever for their turn. You yeah. just go to public comment. I didn't know that there were that many people down at Wise Guys. Dude, like, there's like 30. Have yeah. We at, at the North Augusta City Council, how much time do you get just to talk? I think you can have five minutes. <laughs> You can just do statements. You can just like just single out individuals. Hey, you. About this. Yeah. I, I just want you to know what you said last week was stupid. <laughs> the last month. Or even make it like, be like, I was just bored, so I was looking at everything that you voted on in 2016. Yeah. Like, do you remember this shit? Can we just, can we revisit this? Yeah. And you can just kind of tell me, I'm going to draw you a timeline right here. Why did you do this? Well, yeah, that's, that's what needs to happen, right? Do you guys realize your mistakes now? Can you just raise your? Okay, at least we've <laughs> at least we've learned. Okay. Yeah, Did we learn. This is good. People are people are going to these meetings when they're all crowded, like when they're talking about the Swift Building. Then yeah. it's full, and there's a line for the microphone. But every other week, there's two or three people there. I mean, and then just throw out like. And those guys just want to adjourn and get home. Oh yeah, and you can really mess with that. This <laughs> is going to become something. Yeah, you guys should join us, you pussies. That's you, the listeners. All right. So the action for this is, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, it will be Tuesday. They have to probably be in by 8 p.m. is my guess. Yeah. What happens if they're right. not registered? Can, well, then you, I think you can show up. You can show your ass up. Yeah, you can register the at, at the polling place. Yep, yeah, at the polling. If you want to drop your ballot off day of and you haven't mailed it yet, don't mail it. Get in your car when you're finished with work or whatever. Go down there. Our drop boxes all across the county most of the time that they are at the libraries the county libraries but they're also usually in front of municipal buildings i know when i lived in plain city there was one in front of that yeah well let's go uh and then the other the other second piece of this was (laughs) if you didn't if you're not registered to vote but you'd like to be get on vote.utah.gov it will tell you where your polling place is and you can show up with a valid government id and you can register day of and vote that's tuesday nice so now well, I mean, I guess I'll just say we're here with uh, we're here with Jaden Priest and Zach Thomas. Jaden, let us hear your voice. Say hi. Hello. And Zach. How's it going? Let's start with Jaden, actually. So Jaden is the secretary of the Weber County Democrats. That would be. Zach is the chair, the current chair of the Weber County Democrats. So yeah, Jaden, let's start with you. Just kind of tell us when uh, when you got involved in the well, party. It was a nice fall of 2017. I mm. emailed a good man. John Miles. <laughs> Boo! 
That's fair. <laughs> hey, hey, I wouldn't be here without John. There we go. Me neither. Me neither. True. There we go. You, you weren't even emails. old enough to drink, and you're emailing John Miles. I, I know. Hey, John. And then meeting me for lunch. This is kind of like you, seventeen. Oh yeah. Okay. I was I was seventeen. Actually, I might have been sixteen. Yeah. But I think you were. Your parents talk to you about this kind of stuff, right? You don't get on the internet and email strange men. <laughs> uh, my parents did not. My, my stepdad has never voted. My mom voted for the first time in 2018. Oh, wow. probably because awesome. of you, right? Because I made her vote. Right. Awesome. Yeah. That's there awesome. you go. All right. So no, I did not talk to my parents. I just email strange men on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that strange. John's a good guy to email. Yeah, it worked it out. It all worked out. Kids See? at home. Yeah yeah. 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 So yeah, John is the Zach Thomas before Zach Thomas was the Zach Thomas. And he met with me, and he was like, hey, Jen, here's how you can get involved, and um, kind of just got me going and within the party infrastructure. And then from there, I helped some of our municipal candidates that we were that we were running with that year, um, knock some doors for them. Well, so jump back. What made you get it? What, what even made you email us in the first yeah. place? Um, the 2016 election made me email you in the first place. I mean, I've oh. been a Democrat since 2008. Uh, I love Barack Obama. I was eight years old. We did a mock election at my elementary school. And there were three people that voted for Barack Obama out of like the 400 students or whatever it was. And wow. I was one of them and my sister was the other one. Huh. And we both voted for Barack Obama. And I got a lot of flack for that. And I would not back down on my support for Barack Obama. <laughs> no way, dude. And, I, and I, I figured it all out at eight years old. I was like, okay, why do I like Barack Obama? Because I thought he was a cool guy. I was like, maybe I need to have a better, a better argument here. And so <laughs> I've been a Democrat ever since then. Um, I... Supported the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would just like to make it known I am not a Bernie bro. No. Okay. Sorry, anyone that, that is. <laughs> no offense. Here we go. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade over here, Zach. Okay. No offense. And then uh, I, I was appalled when Trump got elected. I thought Hillary would have made a great president, and mm. I just wanted to get more involved. I, I took a debate class, um, became the debate president at my high school. And I really um, kind of figured that researching issues and stuff like that was important to me. And so I, I thought, you know, what can I do to get involved? So I emailed the state Democratic Party. I emailed the county Democratic Party. John got back to me. So here I am. Nice. Zach, yeah. what yeah. about you? Yeah, so I mean, I got you know, involved Bernie Sanders campaign uh, back in you know, 2015. Took that nice online poll I side with, you know. We're all taking that. Um, so sides with Bernie, this you know, old, you know, white-haired senator from Vermont. And I was like, all right, we're just gonna roll with this. Um, but you know, from that, starting to learn more about issues and everything, and you know, starting to you know, kind of see the real world. I see how, you know, obviously we have the huge issues of you know, climate change and all these things. But you know, you know, everyday Americans are struggling. You know, the middle class is getting smaller. You know, more people are being pushed into poverty. You know, the only way we're going to move forward is by people like us standing up. Because when we don't stand up, the people who are, you know, trying to take away our healthcare, they're going to keep working. You know, when we when we don't speak out, you know, those people are still going to, you know, be at work. Yeah, they're going to be at work. So I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's it's what's it's who's going to be willing to put in the work, and you know, Democratic Party is going to have to be the one to do that, and, and we're doing it. So. Right. So who did you contact to get involved? Ugh, so I contacted Jaden Priest, who contacted John Miles. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's that's, that's a little chain. 
who knows who's the next one who's going to email me. I, I dragged oh, yeah. Zach Thomas into this party. It's like you started going to meetings and you were like, right. man, the president, like, I'm not liking what he's doing. <laughs> I don't want to run against him. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, not quite. We no. got to get someone younger no. in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. John Miles is on his deathbed. This man out of there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, I can do so much better than this guy. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but but definitely just, you know, kind of seeing that everyday struggle. I mean, that was, you know, right right after Trump became president and all that. I mean, that fuels a lot of people's anger. But even here at the state level, I mean, there's a lot of legislators who, you know, at the end of the day, they don't really care about you or, or your values or, you know, how you're doing in life. So, I mean, you know, it's just time to get legislators who, who actually do care and that have, you know, shown their whole life that they care whether they're educators or they work in public service and we need to get you know, ordinary americans representing ordinary americans mm-hmm. so. and i will say my continued involvement in the party hasn't been so much the national polit- political scene it's been more the local political scene yeah i'd say you know obviously donald trump getting elected spurred me to get involved but my continued involvement and in how much i work you know you know how go knocking doors for candidates donating to candidates has been driven by local politics, not national politics. It's been driven by the Lou Sherlock's running for the state house, by the Jason Allen's running for the state house. Those are the people that keep me involved and that I care deeply about getting elected and, and I'm willing to fight to get elected, you know, so hard. I do care about the national political scene, but I think that, you know, these local politics in Weber County is the most important thing we can focus on with the repeal of Prop Two, with the repeal of Prop Three and with the imminent repeal of Prop 4. <laughs> right. There's so much we have to do here locally mm-hmm. that I think that that's the best place to concentrate our efforts. And that's why I care so much about this party locally. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's where we have the biggest room to grow and make the biggest difference. Absolutely. I, I always have to explain, like, whenever I tell people I was the chair of the Democratic Party, they always say, oh, so you must love Hillary Clinton or you must love mm-hmm. because you Cortez or whatever. And I'm like, that has basically nothing to do with what your county party does i mean i, I mean and i i mean i I'd characterize, I'd characterize myself as a moderate in comparison to most of the party uh-huh. i think that you know there's still a home for me in the democratic party right in weber county right yeah absolutely there's a weber <clears throat> and i want to go back and just maybe fill in some of the details of the process that people might not know but when you wanted to step into the chair i mean it wasn't like you just got to step in there was a election within the party within the central committee right or was it in the executive it central, committee? Committee. Yeah. Central, committee. central committee they all get together there's three candidates and we you know hear from all of them get bios from all of them you come in and basically talk about how you're gonna do the work kind of like you were saying mm-hmm. here already and then it's that central committee who does the voting to to bring in the chair so i just want to bring that up because as we talk about right. i assume precinct captains later and yeah stuff. no absolutely and, and as far as that goes i mean you know, running, I mean, when I ran for chair, I was, you know, 17 years old. So, I mean, being taken seriously had to work, you know, twice as hard, but I mean. Right, uh, you're you're sitting next to like two 60-year-old guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Um, I, for Zach. I did so, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, there's that, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's other people who are also not taken seriously, uh-huh. like, you know, the Latinx community in Ogden, you know, often not taken seriously by the, you know, by, I'll, I'll say, the Republican legislators. They, <laughs> they really don't go into the heart of Ogden and see what really matters. I mean, so, I mean, even though I faced that, that one obstacle as, you know, a 17-year-old running for, for chair, I mean, it really wasn't that big of an obstacle. Right. 
But I mean, you've you've certainly dealt with like a, your fair share of age discrimination since then, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like people will meet me, um, and I'll be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm the chair of the Weber County Democratic Party." They're like, "Wait, sorry, you're you're interning with your local <laughs> junior high school?" Like, no. I'm like, "No." Uh, I run the show. Yeah. Um, but you know, before I ran for chair, I, I did intern. I interned at the you know county commission office. I was able to intern with uh, Commissioner James Ebert at the time. Um, so you know, that was kind of an intro to kind of how local politics worked a little bit. You know, you know mixing that with you know, local issues and all that, and then uh, all that just just worked out. So. I, I think it's I think at the county convention before I was elected secretary, someone asked me whose son I was. <laughs> right. <laughs> I gotta say I love it though. Like when we have those central committee meetings and it's you two up front like leading it you know and i mean people maybe can't see you but you're two pretty young looking guys <laughs> i mean i look like i'm 15 so let's be let's let's be honest that's right okay um he's stuff. getting id for sure <laughs> yeah right uh yeah um but but i love it like it's set it's it's this beautiful full visual example to me for all these people who you know you guys are up there leading the way, doing all of the work, like setting this example where, you know, some people can't even show up. And so I just, I just really like the message it sends. Show up. Show yeah. up, yeah. But yeah, what's say, your... You know, Zach, John, you touched a little bit on this yourself about the central committee meeting where you had stepped down as the chair and we were going to decide a new chair. That was, that was a crucial thing, right? Because how many, how many people were there that day? Ten? Not, Ten voters? Not, not a ton of people, right? It was a, it was a handful yeah, of folks. I, I believe I won a... It was like 10 to 7 or something. It was, hmm. it was a really small vote. Yeah, because one of the candidates dropped out last second and said, I endorse such and such person. Mm-hmm. And so it was a small group of us getting together, deciding who the next chair was going to be. And I had to run that election. And yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, what was it? Like, I had my hat. I like legit counted the votes out of my hat. <laughs> yeah. Milwaukee Brewers hat, by the way. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's the plug. Ding. Yeah. But. <laughs> But yeah, like it was a small group of folks who decided to show up, and their voice really made a difference. And yeah. so Zach ended up getting the job. He got to be the chair, and I think that his example has been a really good one because, I mean, I didn't have a lot of confidence in the other two folks. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, if, if we get a new chair, like I want to make sure that this chair is going to work. And right. I think that we've seen that out of Zach. Like he's yeah, no, exactly. done, done the work. I mean, every single candidate you see for anything, they're saying, I'm working for you and your family. But, you know. You know, it's the ones who have, who say, I have worked for you and your family, and I want to continue right. to work for you and your family. And that's kind of where, you know, part of my high school activism comes in, where, you know, organizing the walkout, voter registration drive, all that high school. I, mm-hmm. You know, I haven't done a ton, but this is what I have done, and I really want to, you know, share that and, you know, bring that to the party. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I say to everybody who ever, you know, if people are a little skeptical about you guys age they might kind of mention it to me but every single time they do i say look at what they're doing and and i i truly mean it like you guys are out there knocking you're working on every campaign like you have your feet dirtier than anybody else around here so i mean except for maybe the precinct captain up here i hear he's he's working pretty hard yeah he had a he had a day I've gone out like five days. I've been out like five. We had a day. Yeah. You wait. You wait. I got a push coming this weekend. Yeah. You're not gonna believe it. I just. Yeah. I know it motivates. Yeah. Thirty houses in this area. Watch out. You're oh, thirty. Yeah. Try hundred thirty. You're gonna get some oh, crazy texts. You know, campaigning in Weber County. I mean, you know, 
in other places, being a Democrat is often enough. It's who is the best Democrat. But I mean, in Weber County, it's like who is going to change the game? Because yeah. you know, Democrats. I will say it's, it's not all that I mean, it's it's not, but I mean, it, it really is like who is going to who's going to be focused on the issues? Because I mean, we often can't run on the party because. It, Right. Work, so. Right. The candidate yeah. kind of has to have all of. They can't just like say have a good message or mm-hmm. be charismatic or be ready to really organize a campaign. They have to do each one of those things. Absolutely. Like you need them all. Yeah. Yeah. So Zach, once once you became the chair, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about what happens in 2018. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, week one was I was like, okay, let's figure it's out. Like how June. This, yeah, we're like. Yeah, let's. We're there. I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's the sixth month of the year. Election is in five months. We just got to, I mean, I got elected, you know, three days before the, the primary election. Um, so, you know, it was like, okay, the Republicans, they just got their nominees. It's it's go time. So it was really, you know, reaching out to all the candidates, being like, hey, I know I'm new at this, but, you know, I'm going to support you in any way I can. I'm trying to organize the county party as much as I can do all that. Um, and, and all the candidates were, were great to work with. Um, but yeah, it was being that new to a system that, you know, I didn't really honestly know a ton about at the time. Um, but there was a great team in place, ready to go. Um, so yeah, just that's kind of how the first one started out, just figuring out who everyone was, what everyone's job was. But when we went from there, everything started to start falling into place. Nice. So from that point, five, like you said, five months to the election. Right. I mean, we all, we've talked about it on this show that as part of that in November that last year, we elect our first Democrat and send her down to the House for the right. first time in 10 years. That had to be a nice feeling on election night. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty incredible. I mean, where we were going into election night, you know, I was considering bringing, like, an actual broom to our election night party, and I was like, we're about to sweep the floor yeah. with these elections. <laughs> right. I like yeah. that confidence. I like yeah. Confidence. You know, a couple hours before the polls closed, I was like, mm, I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I don't want to have to bring that back to the office, volunteers. So, um, But, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, going into election night, we felt great. I mean, our... You know, the people that we needed to turn out to vote, I mean, they were turning out to vote. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, we got the first Democratic legislator from Weber County in, order, in, in 10 years. Um, and yeah, so we got Lou elected, and then we had three other races that were above 45%, and we even broke 40% at the county level. So part of it's demographic uh, shift, but, you know, a lot of it is, you know, what are the candidates doing? What support do they have from the county party? All that. Yeah, that, that definitely. That really does help. That makes a big difference. Well, I will say, Jason Allen, who ran in House District 11, my house district, he, and this isn't Weber County, but in South Weber, the most Republican part of his district, who voted, I think, probably 80-20 last time around for the Republican for Kelly Miles, voted for Jason Allen with over 50% because he worked there every single day and he worked his butt off and knocked every door three times that's the type of work that candidates and the county party need to be putting in and when we do put it in you'll see that we are within striking distance of having a majority of the legislative districts in reaver county that's four out of seven if we get five more percent and three more seats in mm-hmm. in house district eight um, where we are right now 200 more votes and we would have had a second seat mm-hmm. i mean we're within striking distance of a majority of legislative seats mm-hmm. and it's all about work right and it's all about work 
Jason Allen flipped the city from 20% to 50%. If we did that everywhere, Democrats would hold every seat in the county. Right. It's about work. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things is, is, you know, kind of like what we talked about uh, just a short while ago is you know, getting people to understand that, you know, while these late legislators don't care about anything, in Senate District 19 that's up next year, Alan Christensen, see, he was the one who introduced. Oh, yeah. We've talked about Alan Christensen <laughs> yeah, on this I, show. I'm sure, and he was the one who introduced the repeal of the prop of Prop Three, the compromise. Um, so you know, when we're, I mean, there's right now there's like three Democratic candidates who are looking at running for that seat. So I mean, we're like nice. really trying to you know focus our efforts because I mean, last time uh, in 2016, Dina Prower got 44% uh, in that seat. So uh, we're definitely looking at picking that one up as well. So, Lou wins. Uh, we all went down to her swearing in. That was a fun time. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, let's see. What else? Oh, and then next is there's the uh, county convention in, what, April? April. May? Yeah, yeah. this is the end of April. Yep, so yeah, April 26th was the Orton and McKay fundraising dinner. You know, partied hard there until <laughs> midnight. It was fun. Then, yeah, that was a good I time. had a good time. Did you have a good time there? Yeah, Ben uh, McAdams. Yeah, Ben McAdams yeah. there. Ben had McAdams fun. was the, the guest speaker. Yeah, I had a ton of great people there. And then you know, turn around, woke up 6 a.m. next morning, get ready for a convention. Ready to um, yeah, that was it, Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I mean, that, w- that was my first time running a, a county convention because um, you know, the first county convention that I went to was when we were nominating um, all of the candidates for, for state house and state Which was Senate. a good county convention, by the way. Yeah, yeah, by John Miles. Yeah. yeah, by John Miles. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. A lot of people showed up to that one. Yeah. yeah. You didn't go? I was at Bryce Canyon. Uh, well, it was a good one. I, I wish I would have been there. there. there were like, how many people we had there? Like 120, 150 people showed up? Maybe. There? Dude, it was Maybe. good. Yeah, it was that, awesome. that was good. But uh, so this year, uh, so yeah, we had at Weber State University this year, um, but it was great. We, you know, organized five new caucuses for the county party that we had. And yeah, caucus is just, you know, a group of people that are really interested in a specific issue. Uh, or so, demographic. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So we had, uh, you know, the environmental caucus, you know, young Democrats caucus led by yeah. One and only Colby Peterson. Yeah, I gotta do more work on that, but yeah. Um, and then we had Blue Dog Caucus, Moderate Caucus, which is Colby's least favorite. Um, <laughs> you should have heard the jawing back and forth in Indianapolis between me and the Kingmaker. Oh, oh, dude, yeah. it was it was gold. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, it was right. gold. Um, should have brought a mic. Oh yeah, right. it was fun. So yeah, so there was that. I mean, we and then you know just a few weeks before that we got together a Constitution Revision Committee where we worked really hard on <clears> revising the Constitution. Um, Oh, so yeah. We, oh yeah yeah so we we basically you know took the constitution kept the parts we liked uh fixed the parts we didn't like and uh yeah and we passed that unanimous unanimously at the county convention and then uh, it was a good feeling right it was great. <laughs> wasn't it boys it was a good yeah, feeling you know the honestly the feeling of unity that we had at that uh, county convention where you know everything passes unanimously unanimously which mm. not saying like it's not good to have different opinions, but the fact that, you know, as a county party, we can all come together on something and be like, you know, we need our constitution to work. These caucuses are great um, and all that. It, it was great. And then uh, for the executive board positions, we, we ended up voting by acclamation for for the chair, vice chair, secretary, and treasurer. So Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about Zach is the chair. Jaden is the secretary. Uh, who are the uh, the other two cast of characters that make up yeah, yeah, the, so, the elected officials of the county party? Absolutely. Yeah, so Aubrey Allen is um, she is the vice chair. Um, 
and then Linda Mitchell is the treasurer, and they've both been really involved with the county party over the past few years, and just wanted to get more involved. And like you know, like we talked about, they really cared about the issues, so they they just wanted to get more involved, and they they stepped up. Awesome. And I mean, for you, it's like this is less than a year after you come in as chair. You've basically had your first election cycle. Now you're having your first convention, like, and at the same time, this is a convention where you're asking for people to reelect you to your leadership position. So, so I can imagine the kind of, uh, the feeling that day of the convention where you've got, you've got to prepare for, you know, maybe you'll have 500, maybe you'll have 50 people. So there's that preparation plus, you know, you've got to, who knows if somebody's going to challenge you and when you're going to need to start explaining all of everything you've done so like, oh exactly like i was in the office that morning grabbing supplies i was like hmm, wonder if this will be the last time i'm <laughs> here wonder if someone's gonna like oust me from the right know, someone's gonna nominate me from the floor you know mm-hmm. kind of all right those nightmares for for a bit there but you know honestly um at the end of the day uh even making mistakes, like people understand that stuff. But if you're just going to be like, you know, I made that mistake, I acknowledge it. Here's how I'm going to fix it. You know, just putting in the real, the real work. And that's what people like to see. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's good. So, so where, where are we going forward from here on? Yeah, yeah, the county party. We're we're not slowing down. You know, when I came in, I was like, oh, you know, December, January, we're going to have some, you know, off time, have a little off season. <laughs> You know, two days after the election, when we only won one seat, called called the board meeting. I was like, okay, let's let's start. 2020 is right around the corner, only a couple of years away. So, you know, if we want to take it seriously, if we want to win, we need to let's just go after it. We're all going to be burned out at the end. But, um, you know, each house district in Weaver County has, you know, tens of thousands of people in it, and you know caring that much that like those people deserve good representatives like it's hard to take a break mm-hmm. um, but yeah so as far as you know going forward from here at county party we've you know really started fundraising you know we we made the blue weaver club uh, as a way to you know bring smaller donors that's just you know a monthly monthly donor club uh so we found so how's, that. It, yeah, how's it work yeah what is yeah, that Explain exactly. yeah so so the blue weaver club you know people just have um, you know, subscribe twenty dollars a month. I send you know an email once a month saying this is what's up. Got my email today. Uh, and yeah, yep. I'm sending out a couple of days late. Supposed to do it on the first of the month, but you know. How do they do that? Um, what was that? How do they do that? Sign up for mm-hmm. Weber Club. Yeah, so just WeberDemocrats.org. It's right on the front page. Um, uh, but yeah, with Blue Weber Club, I mean, we we also do you know events with guest speakers. So our first event was with Ogden City Councilwoman Angela Chaburka. Um, then we had one with um, Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson, and then our next one is with the new uh, Utah Democratic Party Chair Jeff Merchant. So, you know, through through kind of those connections I have through State Party or, or anywhere else, I you know getting these guest speakers to come, and they they love coming up for. But you know, we we just go to you know a restaurant or somewhere else in the community that supports Democrats, and you know it's a great time. So, uh, but that's one thing. I mean. Obviously, where we can, we want to do grassroots fundraising, keep keep our fundraising as clean as possible, not owe anyone, you know, anything. So, so grassroots fundraising is, is going really, really well. Um, but moving on, we've we've recruited, you know, most of our candidates for our legislative seats next year. Um, working on a few more, but I mean, 
You don't want to announce them right now? I don't. Okay. So how does it work if right. uh, you have more than one candidate? Right. No, absolutely. So if, if there's more than one candidate, a uh, county party has to stay neutral. But I mean, in, where we can kind of see that there's not going to be more than one candidate. where cause, So wait, you know, when you mean neutral, you don't do anything until there's a primary? Right. Until yes. So, over. Yep. So yeah. we pretty much provide both candidates, you know, the list of our delegates or whatever, whatever they need um, there. But other than that, yeah, we, we can't support another candidate over another. Um, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I know we're all sitting here. John's already told the story of the leaks. Yeah. The leaks the yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where I wanted to get. We, we've that's, talked about that. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, that's where you wanted to get. That's where I wanted. To get. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. That's what I'm trying to get to. So during that episode, we were talking right. about how there was one candidate. Mm -hmm. And then right until... That so the up. party was kind of supporting this candidate mm -hmm. until filing day, another one showed up. Right. Yeah. So right. I think that we've kind of cleaned up a lot of that with our new constitution that, you know, I, you know, tried to put as much input as I could in there given my experience that I had in that it's okay for someone to advocate for a candidate personally because the constitution that you know we you know kind of we were looking at salt lake county their democratic party constitution just kind of seeing kind of trying to get some ideas because they just redrafted it and they had things in there saying you can't donate to a candidate you can't volunteer for a candidate and so we cleared up a couple of those things until until after the primary right. so you can't do an intra-party thing now I've already donated to presidential candidates. That would kick me off the executive board already. Right. It's technically a Democratic primary, mm -hmm. and so I think that you know we've kind of cleaned up a lot of that by saying you know as a person you're allowed to you know support to do those supporting. Yeah. But when you're using party resources, you have to stay neutral, and that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. The party should never advocate for one candidate over the other. Individuals, in my opinion, is a different story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, so Shane, to answer your question, like, what's the process there? Like, okay, say there are two or more candidates in a race, like Zach said, all right, now the party will make available to that person uh, county delegates. And so that those people, those candidates now have to reach out to those county delegates, and hopefully they show up at county convention that year with enough votes to say, all right, I'm voting for this person. Got it. And then, right. and then once that takes place, you know, if it's above a certain threshold, then that person wins. However, if it's not, then there's a primary. Got it. Yep. Awesome. Which is what ended up happening in that particular race in CD1, where there, there was a primary, and so it, went, it goes on for a few more weeks. <clears throat> on. Right. So what are the deadlines for filing? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. So next year, I believe it's you know right towards the end of March is is filing. Um, for you know that's for everything legislative. Um, okay. Seats, so we're in March. Like Elections. Yeah. What's next year? 2020. Yeah. So wow. the primary will okay. be in June that year. So what I'm saying, so and then you're in March. Okay. So then June, June is, yeah. is a primary that quick. If, if necessary. Yeah. And then the general election will be in November. Yep. So yeah, municipal primaries like this year, they're typically in, in August. Um, but yeah, in the, the even years, um, yeah, they're in, in June normally. Um, so do you guys feel like that's enough time? Between June and November? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, for what? March of June? It, it doesn't seem like plenty of time. Time to, for what? To, not, to knock off the I'd demo. say I prefer to have more time after the primary going into the general yeah. than vice yes. versa. I prefer yes. it in June rather than August, giving the party two months to get behind their nominee for the seat and start knocking doors and working. But, I mean, yeah. your your campaign doesn't start when you when you file to run. I mean, 
a lot of candidates are going to start, you know, fundraising at the end of this year, you know, uh, starting their... Hey, unless you're a special someone running for CD1. <laughs> right? Then it starts when you file. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there's that. But, I mean, as far as between June and November, I mean, it, it goes by quick. It definitely goes by really fast. I mean, you know, last year in our office, we had this thing on the wall that said days till election day. And we were like, oh, it's in double digits. And then, you know, a couple days later, oh, it's in the single digits. It's, <laughs> it's go time. That was um, a stressor of my life. That was. Yeah. So you guys, you have until March for filing. Mm -hmm. So are you kind of, I mean, other than making sure that you have candidates in place, are you kind of relaxing until then? No, no, never taking a step back. So let me, let me ask yeah. this question. So if you have a candidate, right. are you still openly looking for other candidates? No. In the same race, no. So I mean, if anyone... Okay, so hold, hold on. Yes. So somebody, <laughs> so you have a candidate, right? And then you don't look for another one in the same race. Just because somebody says they're... Somebody's just like if I say I'm running right now, you're not looking for another candidate. He's looking in the seven other races he's got. Yeah. He's not actively looking. He might have people approaching him, and then he's got. Yeah, a... but I'm trash. I'm garbage. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, no. so you have an idea of which candidates you want. I mean, we were about to come after you for house dates. So yeah. You yeah. Tell no. A no. Than what that. I'm trying to say. No. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I'm just wondering how it works. Like somebody says, yeah, I want. I want to run. I and you know that person can't get over. Well, then maybe you're still shows up, right. Right. That's that's something that the, that the chair won't say. But sometimes you do line somebody up and you're like, all right, I've got this person in my back pocket, but I'm going to explore some other options. Right. Yeah. As, right. As, as, I guess and you, you don't want to openly say that. Right. But you got to you got to be thinking that. I mean, you, I mean yeah, you got to do that for the, I, I for the good I of the party. That out of you. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, you better be always looking for I somebody mean, better. I don't care who it is. We, we obviously like, want to stay neutral late in the primaries, but. At the same time, we want to, you know, keep the party, you know, on the well, right track. And I guess, like, a fair way to phrase it is you have realistic meetings with people and say, these mm -hmm. are the numbers. Are you willing to do this work? That's what you need to do. Right. Um, and, you know, the party will jump behind you if you're willing to do the work. But if you're not, you know, willing to even try to get elected, then, you know, when you can we find, a, when you're, when you're can saying we find work, a different opportunity for you? What to, kind of questions are you asking? Are you saying, like... Are you going to get out and knock on three doors right. like Jason? Allen, so, three I mean, times? When, when we're recruiting candidates, a lot of these candidates didn't even think they were going to be a candidate for political office. Right. I mean, and kind of like I you're trying to talk earlier. them into it. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> I talked about a little earlier. You know, we're approaching like teachers, you know, public servants, um, people who serve on community boards, stuff like that, who, who would never think to run for a political office. Um, They've thought it in the back of their mind. Oh, of course. We all have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when we approach them, it's, it's not necessarily like, bombarding them like hey are you doing this 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 if not we're not supporting you um it's kind of like you know this is the district these are the numbers you know this is kind of what you know where we're gonna have to get to if we're gonna win um do you think you know as a candidate you'll be able to you know raise this amount of money be able to knock these number of doors all this and you know but when we're when if we sit someone down you know to run for office we we kind of know what kind of person they are generally like you know um so a lot of that is just you know can we can we expect this from you but you know we're going to be here to um to help you the county county party's going to be here to support you so i'm probably a little more harsh than zach uh, yeah, yeah i think that's, that's generally true generally it's <laughs> good cop bad cop yeah, yeah that's good you need James that the guy who comes in like 
Listen, How many you don't do this? Yeah. <laughs> How much money are you going to raise? Because I mean, if, if you you're watch, not, you're wasting our time. Yeah, if you watch like Carson Rec with like Ben White and Chris Trigger, like, <laughs> like I'm the Chris Trigger, like, hey, everything's great, guys. Like, yeah. hey, I love you all. Like, That's perfect. Great, and James, like, I hate everything and everyone. So, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's that's exactly what you need. What, what, what kind of money do you need to raise? Yeah, I mean, to run for you know, a house district, we're looking at you know, mid-20s to low-40s, uh, thousands of dollars, so you know, anywhere in there. But, I mean, at the same time... It, Jason Allen raised $12,000. Yeah. And if he raised $30,000, $40,000, he would have won that seat. So right. why, does that, why is that money important? Right, so money is important. I mean, a lot of it, you know, it goes either towards... You know, paid canvassing or towards you know digital advertisements, all that, getting out the vote, getting some mailers out, um, all that, um, be being able to get you know yard signs, doing all that. Um, but I mean, the money starts to matter less when your grassroots campaign starts to matter more. I mean, mm -hmm. when you know when you're bringing more people right. into your campaign, where like I'm going to volunteer for you, I'm going to call people to ask, you know, them to come volunteer or for them to vote for you. I mean that when you can start to build a campaign like that, the money starts to matter a little bit less. But it's always nice. To yeah, it's, it's, it's a two-pronged approach. It's about you know hitting the doors with paid canvassers and you know doing everything you can to expend every re resource you can to get elected, but then also having as strong of a grassroots campaign as you have. Now, obviously, right. as Zach said, the stronger grassroots campaign you have, you know Jason Allen, him, his wife, and his dad knocked like an insane amount of doors, thousands of doors. That. You know that means that they're spending less per vote than, for example, Lorraine Brown in House District 10, who spent an insane amount per yeah, vote. Yeah, she spent over ten dollars per yeah. vote that and, she received. I mean, what was it? Lou Shirtliff probably spent like under five dollars. Yeah, vote. it was, right. was about yeah, two two eighty three dollars. And vote. and that's why fundraising is important. But at the same time, you see our Democratic candidates don't have quite the fundraising base, but we do perform really well because we work hard. Now, we're never going to deny wanting to have more money for our races. But, yeah, now, I was going to say, and I think that's why it's important, Shane, to like do the work that we've been doing right now in the municipal elections, because you know, like, like these guys are saying, this organization that we're trying to you know get going within the county party, this makes it easier so that in you know 2020, when there are house district candidates and races much larger than you know these municipal races, well, I guess maybe not not the case in Ogden, but some of the other ones that we're doing, you know, there are much smaller races than you would be running. They are gonna, you're gonna get experience, but you're also gonna be able to build that base of support. So when that candidate comes in, they've got volunteers who are willing to go out and knock doors for them and get the word out for free. So that's money that those people, the candidate doesn't have to spend on paid canvassing or whatever. You're you're getting the word out for free for them. And so if you can have both, like Jaden said, a two-prong approach to really getting the word out, plus spending on digital ads or you know buying signs or sending out mailers or whatever if you can do those things you can run a serious campaign that can make a dent and make a splash and potentially win in areas that maybe some would think oh that's too republican we can't win there but then you start working it and you have the right candidate with the right message with the right volunteer base things can happen seats can be won because i'll tell you this republicans don't run campaigns like that no yeah and that's just kind of style we're all about here Weber County Democrats, we're you have to. we're gonna knock the doors. We're gonna make phone calls. Doesn't matter, you know, how much money the other side raise. Yes, they can buy a few more billboards, send out yeah. another flyer or two. But the ones that are actually talking to the voters, that's. Well, so, I mean, I so, think it. Go ahead. So, Jason, let's go back to Jason on South Weber. I'm really familiar with South Weber. Um, the dirty South. 
Right. I would assume, like, back when... You grew up there? You know, Berlin. I had a lot of friends there. <laughs> like, we all went to school at South Beach kids, right? I would assume it was 80% Republican. Yeah. Minimum. Minimum, is. right? So how did he do... So did Republicans vote for him, or did all Democrats or Independents vote for him? Republicans voted for him. Yeah. That's, that was it. There's not enough Democrats in South Newbridge to turn out, but it's about offering a message, and this is why people need to get involved, and this is why you, people need to commit to three weeks a night to knock doors. If you care about this three, stuff... Three days a week. Two, yeah, two, three days a week. I mean, that's what I did. Okay. Obviously, any amount of help works, but if you care about this stuff, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do, then it's, it's about getting involved in the work because we're so close on the cusp of having really great representation in Weber County that cares about spending your tax dollars wisely, that cares about public education, that cares about all these things that benefit families in Weber County, rather than going on down to the good old boys club down at the state capitol and, you know, doing just, stuff, and just hanging throw, out. throwing yeah. your votes and having a good time. It's not about that for the Democrats in Weber County. It's about working hard. Do you, do, you, do you think it was message with Jason Allen, or do you think it was he's the guy that showed up my door and he took the time to knock on my door? It was both. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's both. Absolutely. Yeah. He was a moderate candidate. You know, people would ask him questions about the Second Amendment or whatever, and, you know, Jason's a gun owner. And so he could it's speak like to that. He reached out to targeted people in South Weber, but then he gave them that crossover appeal. So it was, you know, it was both. And I think people were sick of the incumbent. I mean, these Republican incumbents seem almost lazy to me. I mean, I think that no one knows who their representative is anymore because they don't reach out to them. Yeah. Jason right. Allen was at their doorstep saying, I, whether you're voting for me or not, tell me what to do when, when I'm elected to the state house. I mean, yeah. yeah, so the only time people hear from their representative is a few months before the election. And it's by a flyer. Yeah. They or don't talk to they throw, if, they throw if that, some signs. I mean, if that. I don't feel like yeah. I've ever been. Oh, absolutely. And if they do hold a town hall, they send out that town hall notice to the Republican email list, you know. Right. They, they want people there that, that are gonna, agree with them, that, who aren't going to cause you know aren't going to cause a scene because they're going to come and ask them hard questions and the media is there and you don't want that so they're going to be very targeted about the way that they send some of those things out and then that's that's just not how it works right because like we talked about like you work for me man like you work for me and whether I am a Democrat or Republican or an Independent you still work for me. And I mean, if you're that afraid to like answer questions from your real constituents, like people who are out there, then what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? So let's talk about this year and uh, and how it'll lead into next year. Right. Yeah. So I mean, 2019 definitely it's it's an organizing year for for the county party. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, we're building all the caucuses. We're you know building these new committees to kind of help out with planning on appointing a Latinx director for the county party. to help out there, um, but yeah, I mean, municipals are extremely important. I mean, you know, I can't call up Rob Bishop, not that anyone can, but I mean, I well, can't like call up my congressman, I can't call the president and be like, hey, I don't like this that you're doing, but what I can do, I can email, you know, you know city councilors, you know, let most legislators will get back to you, so yeah, really, it's these, these really local races are so important, and that's why you know, in 2019 county party we're not i mean we're we're supporting candidates but you know it really is just about getting people better representation i mean yeah it's it's the same thing i mean it's the same thing you see from the the top down and the only time you hear from these people are on election day they don't really want you at those city council meetings and they don't want you there um 
So yeah, this this year is extremely important as to getting real representation. I mean, you know, having like a city councilor or a mayor hold a town hall, I mean, that's just kind of unheard of around, you know, around Weaver County. So, so have you has the party in, endorsed municipal candidates? No, so uh, no, so we're staying away from endorsing municipal municipal candidates. I mean, obviously we're we're helping doctors make phone calls, but as far as you know, the county party side of that, I mean, we're we're trying to stay more neutral because in this year where it is nonpartisan, we kind of like to keep it nonpartisan. But as Democrats, we're still going to be supporting people who have democratic values. I mean, the way I ex would you know kind of explain it is. Municipal elections, in my opinion, are the single most important elections above the state house, above everything. Indeed, mm -hmm. we talk about those, that all the time on the yeah, show. Those, those mayoral elections, those city council elections, those are the most important ones. Those people control your freaking life. Absolutely. And no one shows up. But politically, as the you know the Democratic Party, we obviously don't want to get involved in these elections because these issues on the city council, they're not partisan issues. These are, you know, community issues. So we want to support people that we think are going to be good for community. But as a party, we're not going to put our name out there because it's bad practice. Now. What this is, is this is an opportunity for us to have a, you know, a run at, you know, knocking doors, getting our volunteers organized before our partisan elections that we are involved in directly. Mm. And so, you know, while we do care a lot about elected municipal candidates, and as I said, it's the single most important election, you know, that I think we have. And I think it's really sad that it's the lowest voter turnout election. It's also a chance for the county party to, you know, kind of test where we're at and say, how many volunteers do we have? How many can we recruit for these municipal elections leading into 2020 mm. so we can get all those people to hit the ground running for our candidates running with the D next on the ballot? Yeah. Right. So, so it's kind of like you can days. you can volunteer for these people without necessarily endorsing. It doesn't have to be an endorsement, you know, official. Yeah, and getting people elected also does build our bench of candidates. You yeah. Know, it's, you know, having people on the city council that get involved in local government, kind of figure out what the stuff is, get to know their community, yeah. then can run for the state house later mm -hmm. and say, you know, I've, I've done the work here locally. I want to take it to the state level as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a great, you know, benefit of getting these people elected to the city council. So, uh, so what do you, what do you need from people right now who are trying to basically gear up for this election against Trump? Maybe this election against yeah. whoever's not I, I, running I, I, in Bishop's seat. I, I, I kind of feel like it's a big opportunity, especially when Trump starts talking on TV, to get more people into the party. Right, absolutely. Yeah, harnessing their frustration and, and anger, saying, you know, the presidency does matter a lot. But I mean, at local level, saying, you know, you can vote for a Democrat if you like. So, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, kind of normalizing the party, mm -hmm. you know, here in Weaver County. So, Next year, when the presidential race comes around, hopefully we can have normalized a Democrat a little bit more um, when we're trying to elect a Democrat president. And it's the idea that with every candidate you have, you make a serious attempt to talk to every, And it's not, you know, we're targeting specific demographics. It's the Democratic Party is going to target all demographics because our message resonates with the majority of people. And it's saying, rather than assuming where our voters are, trying to turn out our base and then, you know, calling it a day. Yeah. It's about saying these these voters in you know the Hispanic community, in the LDS community, they care about the issues we care about. It's about showing them you know that their vote will have the effect that they want it to have. When I mean Jason Allen, for example, to kind of highlight some of his main issues, Kelly Miles voted to change the the branding and name of the Utah Transit Authority. Oh, which is a huge waste of money. Fifty or five hundred right. million dollars. Yeah, huge. <laughs> Kelly Miles says he's a fiscal conservative who's going to spend your money wisely. Now, fiscal responsibility is a big issue to me. And as a House District 11 voter, 
the choice is easy. I look at someone who's willing to waste my money and, you know, throw it into, you know, this, this, you know, transportation authority that there's no real, what, where am I ever going to see this benefit? Right. That's not even what we need. I'm going to look at every vote, see how I'm spending your money and I'm going to spend it to best benefit you because it's your hard earned money. And that's an easy, that's an easy choice for me. And I think that was an easy choice for a lot of people. So it's about saying, what do people here care about and how are we going to best serve their needs? And I think that a lot of Republicans down there in the legislature don't think that anymore because these elections are such a given for them. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about, Republicans, they, they out-fundraise a lot of Democrats, and that's how they go about winning, is they just throw money at the thing. Whereas Democrats have to go out and do the work. You have to go and talk to the people, knock the doors. But what that also translates into is wh- whoever gave you a bunch of money, they usually expect something. And so... If, if you haven't received those dollars, you've, you've raised your money through grassroots organizing and fundraising, you now have the ability to go down to the state house and say, yeah, this is what people told me they care about, and I'm okay with raising the taxes on maybe this segment of the population, rich people, in the state, <laughs> and we're going to put that money toward education. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, sign up to volunteer on our website if you want you know, change in Weber County. Um, What's your website? ReberDemocrats.org. It's great. We have a new social media director, Nicole. She's doing great fixing our website, fixing our social media, all that. Um, so if people contact you to get involved, right. it's going to be you're going to be hooking them up with municipal yeah. races going if, on. If you want to get involved with municipals, you reach out to us tomorrow and we'll get back to you tomorrow. We'll hook you up with campaign in your area um, that's you know for the people. But I mean, one of like my favorite quotes, I don't even know if this is a real quote. Um, <laughs> Well, it is but, yeah. I mean, it is yeah, now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, but you know, if you want change, you you have to change. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you if you want to see change, go to WeberDemocrats.org. Sign up to volunteer, and that's the whole quote right there. <laughs> also including that. Yeah. Right. Donate. Skip two coffees, two whatever you have it for five dollars a month, and give us ten bucks a month because that goes to real work to electing Democrats. Yeah. We can't do it without without fundraising. And since we don't, you know, aggressively target PAC money and special interest money, we need grassroots fundraising. And, you know, it's as simple as $10 a month goes a long way. So do you have any uh, events coming up? Any? Yeah. So this one isn't being sponsored by the the county party directly, but uh, we have the Ogden protest for for gun violence. um, Oh. Or against gun violence, sorry. Um, That's coming up on the uh, 24th. It's at 2 p.m. We're going to be at the... A municipal building in Ogden. Our central committee meeting coming up soon. This is um, the governing board of the county party. Absolutely. Well, the, pu- the public's welcome. So yeah, yeah and that's if you're not sure, come and check it out. Yeah, that's on August 27th. That'll be at 6 p.m. at the Ogden Library, just on 25th and Jefferson there. So that's what we have coming up there. Um, we're gonna have a fall social for the county party. Just kind of you know get to know you. That'll be on September 28th. More details from there, but. And uh, I got to put in a little plug for Zach because he's done an excellent job of making sure that all of the house districts have gotten organized this year. So so now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've got in each district, you've got people who are kind of sending out information pertinent to the district, right? Absolutely. So I would say at the very least, the very least anybody could do is email Zach and get on that list for your district so that you know when things are happening in your district and also when these things are happening kind of county-wide, I mean, at least become that involved, okay? Yeah, no, and, that, and that's absolutely fair. I mean, if you reach out to the county party, you're, you're going to get respected. Your time's going to be respected, and we're going to 
make sure it's a positive experience for you. So, so will you give the contact info again? Yeah, so just weberdemocrats.org, and there's just a contact us button on there, and my email's on there, and the county party's phone number's on there as well. So feel free to reach out there, you know, reach out on Facebook, Twitter, really, really anywhere. We're trying to make it pretty easy to, to reach out to us, so. Nice. No pinkies up, thumbs down? Okay. Well, <laughs> who's got one? I wasn't ready. Okay. <laughs> this is all messed up, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have one either. <laughs> oh, are you freaking kidding me, you guys? All right. I got one. So, pinkies up. If you all are in the uh, the JCP Facebook group, I posted about this a few days ago. I was you know, doing some maintenance on the website, checking some things out. Um, I added a bunch of show notes and descriptions to past episodes that I had forgotten about or I was busy that week or something. And so just cleaning some things up and then looking at the data on the podcast, seeing how we did. I wanted to check and see who had the most downloaded episode. It is still Jason Allen. So we need to yeah. get him the belt. You know, he's still got the championship belt. Mm -hmm. as, but that's not my pinkies up, thumbs down. My pinkies up, though, was looking at the data it breaks down which countries have listened to your podcast. And I noticed there were 20 downloads in Russia. 20? 20. And so I was like, man, we got JC Peeps in Russia, dude? Yeah. And so we started talking about that in the Facebook group. I was like, yo, fun bus to Moscow? Who's <laughs> in, dude? Yeah. So pinkies up to the Russian JC Peeps out there <laughs> listening to the show. Well, Got now I want to know, is it like, does Nina or somebody just have... A bunch of friends out there who listen to her episode. Is there one guy out there who's listened to the, like he just wanted to hear the whole run of the show? That's true. I mean, that's what I want to know. Just yeah, one guy that'd be just about one guy just it. listening to all of it. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Well, and then we have at least one Russian JC peep then, at least one, but maybe more. So pinkies up to those guys out there. I really don't have anything. You have nothing. I'm, I'm disappointed. <clears throat> What about you? I had two things I was going to mention, but then I mentioned them during the show. Oh, what about drinking liberally? Oh, yeah. That was fun. That's my, that that's my pinkies oh, up. Oh, no, you're right. That's my pinkies up. I'm going to go to drinking liberally, where we had 42 new people. About bankrupted me. <laughs> Buying new drinks. I, I offered drinks to anybody new that came. So I got I to gotta go confess that to the wife. Now. Yeah, right. Go break it to her before she sees it on the statement. Yeah, the $1,200 $1, bill. Listen, I talked the guy down. No, that does remind me though. This my I have a pinkies up, and it goes to this podcast when I'm not on it, if you can believe it. Because I was listening to you guys that episode that I wasn't here, and uh, two weeks ago, and you guys had I I think it was you, Colby, who was talking about we got to do this. Uh, I think you said let's call them sober, and then let's call our legislators drunk. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I think, I think it was your idea, and I thought, oh, my God, that is brilliant. <laughs> Protests are actually really fun and kind of valuable for getting yeah. people involved. So then I've been like, how can I do that? We can't have a protest every week, right? But, like, maybe we can put protest into everything else. Like, we'll just all – the, all, all the fine details have to be worked out about how this is going to work. But the point is it was inspired by you fine gentlemen. Thanks, John. And this just – Stupid BS and you do around this table. Great job, guys. <laughs> the magic that happens when John Miles is not in the room. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's pinkies up, thumbs down. What did you want to say about Jaden and Zach? I'm just kind of dying to know. You know what? It was kind of interesting is 
they're born around 2000, 2001, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, 9-11 was my big deal, right? Yeah, me it too. me a big time, right? And and theirs is like guns and shootings in school. Yeah, yeah. that and is crazy. Yeah. Like, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I was gone. I was out like a year when Columbine happened. It's it's like my kids, when they talk about 9-11, like it's, but then explain it to them. With both of them, it's also Bernie Sanders. How is Bernie Sanders connecting with those guys? Is it because they don't see a, a real job market out there? Well, well, what I would say about the Sanders thing is you know, because that's how I got involved in politics. It's because I heard Sanders' message and it seemed to make sense to me, resonated with me, that there was obviously a problem. And he was speaking to what seemed in my mind to be that problem. There's a, a guy that I met, uh, Logan. He went to the uh, Young Democrats of America conference with us. He lives down in Salt Lake. Super good guy. And I, I guess the, the folks that worked on the Sanders campaign afterward wrote a book about, uh, I think it's called Rules for Revolution or something like that. But at the end of the day, I think it, it's about the message. And it's about what they truly believe. You know, it's what I believe. How difficult it is to get a good paying job when we were sold a bill of goods. Everybody in my high school told me that I should go to college. Nobody ever told me about trade school. And so I went to college and I did the stuff and I got out and the, and the job wasn't there for me. You know, I, I will tell you this. I genuinely believed that when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I was going to buy a Volvo. That's what yeah. I thought. I really thought that. <laughs> yeah. And then I graduated and I was like, dude, I can't, I, I can't get a job. And so I think that all of those things, they resonate with people because it's obviously not Bernie. Bernie's, you know, just this old guy. But he's talking about things that resonate with him, and, and that matters. And that's why I think message is important. The only America was great, the high taxes. I'm like, well, we're taxes back then. I was, that's when things were good, right? That's when you could get a good job, right? And that's when the wealthy or the business owners, the rich, they didn't take so much of the pie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bernie talks about that. Because those jobs are out there for you. It's just the owners are taking too much. I'm not saying every – you know what I mean? Like – Oh, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, it's now if you have a successful business, you deserve to be a millionaire. It's kind of like we need to throw that. Like, no, you don't deserve to be a millionaire. Where, and they're and it's not even... you, like, well, you deserve what makes you think you deserve a job is what you've probably heard, right? I, I think we need to flip that. It's but, not even you don't deserve to be a millionaire. It's like you right. don't deserve to be a 500 millionaire. We're saying these people are rich and that's getting lost on you because you're not yeah. seeing that they're like, super fucking rich <laughs> yeah. no it is it's you don't realize that the companies you work for your owner is making right 40 to 300 times what the average employee was you yeah know, we're not saying a where, ceo shouldn't make more than the average employee we're right. saying they shouldn't make right 500 no, times I, right i mean eight times i mean think about it when you're starting a company you're working side by side with your coworker, and you're like hey i think i can do this i'm gonna go out on my own you're not thinking I'm going to make 400 times <laughs> yeah. leaving your partner behind. You're thinking you're going to make double. Yeah. Double. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and now these guys are making 400 to a thousand times. It depends where you're at. Yeah. So I think this is where the tax, the tax conversation is important, right? Because especially when you start getting at the corporate level and you're a publicly traded company, there is an incentive to take the cash and like we've talked about on the show, stock buybacks, which is what they did with the tax bill that was passed two years ago, just about two years ago. A lot of that money, you know, about $2 trillion in the tax cut, 1.4 trillion of those dollars went to stock buybacks, which is just the company buying its own stock back from people, right? And so right. That, just, that just boosts the stock price. And so, but the problem is when there was a higher tax rate, 
you you were forced to do something with that money. You couldn't just spend it in the stock market because, by the way, that used to be illegal. Reagan made it legal. Reagan convinced everybody that government is the problem, and then he allowed all of this, you know, corporate hanky panky to go on. But before that, you know, you were taxed at ninety five percent or whatever, you know, above a certain level. So like, it's so high that the idea is like, you need to take that money and do something with it. Yeah, that money right. needs to work, and so yeah. you need to put it back in the company in the form of wages or investment in research and development or whatever to make your business more competitive. Now, the business, maybe you know, you're focused on innovation and all of that, but really what you're focused on if you're sitting in the boardroom is, we gotta make sure all these guys make money, right? But like the government is no longer forcing them to do something with the money. Right. Go back to this so last, you can sit on it. If you hire or you raise wages, mm -hmm. you get 500,000 that, and then you get to keep 500,000. If not, the government's taking it all. You know what I mean? That's how you get it back down to the little guy. Right. Instead yeah. of just give it to him and be like, oh, what's making them give you money? Yeah. <laughs> because the issue Nothing. is. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, oh, out of the goodness of my heart? No. Like, yeah. those days are gone. Benevolent dictators. <clears throat> that essentially what they that happened. They, they used to care. You know what I mean? Owners used to care whether their employees could afford cars and houses and send their kids to go. Not right. anymore. All right. Let's talk about the polls. All right, so this week the poll was, what changes would you like to see in Ogden? And so we we put up initially the the three that we talked about last week with Angel, which were housing, education, and public safety. And then we had a few that we'll talk about here that got added later, which I find to be a really fun and interesting way to let people vote. <laughs> I think it's awesome, people. I mean, so, do, do we allow anybody to add? Yeah. Anyone in the can. community. Totally. That's if why you got to join the group. community, folks. So housing came out at the top with uh, nine votes total. Oh, wow. Housing was the most important. 90. Well, maybe not 90. I mean, but nine votes total, uh, followed by education, <laughs> which got four votes. 40. And then uh, followed by Smashburger. Smashburger got two votes. I would have added my Harmons. I think my Harmons would have killed it. I didn't realize I you could have, add yeah, to you the could, You could have added that, yeah. Your Harmons? Yeah, that was, that was what Shane said in the comments. Dude, it changes. Harmons can change everything. Right there by the temple. That vacant lot, whatever we're doing. Oh, we're travel the the travel lodge. Is that what it used to be? It's just so yeah. I don't know. Just oh. east of the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that so, vacant lot pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> land with nobody on it is dumb. I mean, you just like so <laughs> well, awesome. and it's all fenced in though. If I could walk on the grass, I'd like it. That's what that's all John wants. He wants <laughs> to pee on the grass. <laughs> no, I want to sit awesome on it and drink beer. <laughs> John almost wants to sit and drink beer wherever he wants. <laughs> But have you, you guys have been to the New Harmons, right? Like, you ever go to the cooking classes? I actually haven't no. done that, but I think it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Harmons you abandoned know, North Ogden. Elitist. They left us. They did leave us. So In Ogden? Oh, yeah, they five, used to be points. five points. Yeah, and they left. Yeah. They left us with I that stinky wang going. But uh, shout out to the Harmons and Roy, because I went, so I heard that you could buy a Coke with the Weber State logo on the label. There was a guy <laughs> that I was talking to on Twitter who posted one for the University of Kentucky and he was like, You got his PhD at Duke and he was like, Yeah, they didn't have a they didn't have a, a Duke or a Duke one. And I was like, It's alright, dude, because he's also a Weaver guy. I was like, I'll send you a Weaver one. He's like, Seriously? I was like, Yeah, they make them, I'm sure. And then the university comments like they definitely make them. And so oh. I was like, dude, I gotta go find one. So yeah. I went to the Harmons and Roy last night after I got off work. They had them. So shout out to Roy. Harmons, because they got Weaver State Coke. But the final two on the poll was uh, public safety and higher wages. Higher wages had one vote, and public safety See, had none. nobody so cares about... Wait. Seriously, everybody just wants their police officers to like <clears throat> be showing up after their second job 
somewhere. Like nobody cares. See, Maybe if people trusted their police forces more. Yeah, I feel like there's a rift there, and that might be why there's not as much love. Or maybe it's just our small group of people don't care. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's a limited sample, and you know there are only so many. And you can only vote for one no. on the poll. I make it, you can vote this for is scientific. People. So you know, it's like, well, if I'm picking one, housing seems to be at the top of the list. And as a millennial, I have to agree with that. It's they got my vote, and so that's the poll. So I guess now we're uh, it's events. Yeah, Dude, it's the, whatever you want. The coolest to be, event is happening tomorrow. Yeah. You're, it's, yeah, you're going to miss Tomorrow? it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So by the time you get the podcast, you will have missed this. But tell them, Shane, this is cool. Yeah, at the Argo, right? Argo House, yeah. The Argo House, they are reenacting the Mueller report. Certain, certain parts. Yeah, scenes from the Mueller Scenes report. of it, right? So can you imagine, I mean, reenacting the Trump Tower scene. Yeah, these are local with, actors. Yeah, they're going to reenact nice. that. I mean, One which I think only. is great because how many people have you heard, oh, it didn't really say nothing? Oh yeah, but I think if those people went and they saw how it really went down, yeah. oh yeah, I think you can change your view. I, I'm a, I'm hoping the wife can go tomorrow. What's the Argo? I've never heard of it. Argo House is pretty new. It's across the street from Cuppa. Um, oh. The idea is that it's supposed to be sort of like a like an artist um, business space, right? Teaching people. It's part of Nine Rails Creative District down there. Uh. And the idea is that you know we want to help you as an artist have a successful business with your craft. It's going to anyway, be perfect. Events. What do we got? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't have anything. I thought that was your job. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm going to show. All right, so upcoming events. So Tuesday, August 13th, like we talked about, it's election day. So if you haven't mailed in your ballot, you are, you are able to go and drop it off at those um, ballot draw boxes like we've talked about. There usually is one at your municipal building, regardless of what city you live in, or they're at, this, at the county libraries. Uh, that's going on all day. Dan usually reads off this stuff that you prepared. Yeah. Wow. I tuned that too. That's why Dan's <laughs> always like, "Are you going, Shane?" And I'm like, "When was that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry uh, to interrupt. Saturday. Next one, Saturday, August 17th. This is the Q3 Utah Democratic Party Central Committee meeting. So even oh, if you're yeah. not a Central Committee member, you can go down there. This will be at the Salt Lake County Council Chambers. So that's right off 21st South and State Street. You go into the county council chambers, even if you're not uh, uh, on the central committee, it's always a good time to get together with fellow What Democrats. is the central committee? It's like the governing body for the state party. It's the governing body of the state party. So it is made up of members from all of the county parties. They come up and they vote on things. Uh, I don't know what the agenda is. I haven't received one, but I'm sure it will be posted on the website. Approval of Do appointed get, positions, bylaws, amendments, procedure, anti-harassment policy. Does everybody get to speak in it? No. You get five you get good time. minutes. Well, uh, you might. I think that there's a is there time to speak? No, they usually don't do that. Usually no. they, they keep to the agenda. Although you can speak directly, like you know, you can raise a hand and ask a question in the microphone because some people do listen remotely. Yeah, I've spoken in uh, in central committee meetings. Yeah, JCP will be there. They have, we have press passes. Right? Dude, I'm a member of this, and I'm just sitting there thinking, You're, shit. Oh yeah, John. John <laughs> I really should go to this. Yeah, John is a member of the central committee as a house district chair. Yeah. Saturday at 9.30, everybody. Who can motivate me to go? You want to carpool? You want to go together? <laughs> oh, that's such a commitment. Is you it? son of a bitch. You're always making me <laughs> commit to things. Dude, I'm, oh, you're man. good at it. Don't get me wrong. You're great at it, and it's a great thing you do for me. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so that'll be at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. at the Salt Lake County Council Chambers. Uh, good time with some fellow Democrats uh, at the state level. And then finally, on Sunday, August 18th, 
the Nine Rails Creative District, like we just talked about with Argo House and several others, if you know where the Monarch is, that's that's part of Nine Rails as well. They're going to be having a district block party on Sunday, 4, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. I put the Argo House down because that was kind of the, the main location, but I, I bet you they closed the street right there. And you can just hang out. Yeah, it says around. 25th between Porter and Jefferson. Yep, exactly. So you'll be nice. Able, oh, so it's just going to be right there in front of Cuppa and Thai Curry Kitchen and all of that. That's nice. real close, uh, right there by the library. So that'll be on Sunday. That's cool. That sounds fun. Oh, man, I just remember what my pinkies up, thumbs down was going to be. Yeah. That was good, but my other pinkies, thumbs up was, uh, and this is kind of an events thing, Snowbird announced, or not Snowbird, Snow Basin announced that they're going to be doing like their own Oktoberfest thing this year. So during the weekends in September, they're going to be doing like uh, oh, nice. like the, their own like German-themed stuff, Oktoberfest up at Snow Basin. Oh, dude, huh. I'm pumped. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to get some good sausage. I don't drink beer, but I'm going to see the colors. It's going to be awesome. Oh, you're waiting for John to make a joke about the sausage <laughs> thing? <laughs> John, John Miles is not Dan Martinez. <laughs> I know. I was like, if Dan was here, he'd be all over that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you are. Is that it? Did anybody else, like, was there anything you guys wanted to, to say on the podcast? You're just trying to fucking destroy this show. <laughs> no. No, I'm just trying to make sure that in my... Well, that I just didn't step over anything you guys wanted to say. I'm just trying to honor your feelings. I've, I've said plenty. I'm good. Well, good. I'm excited for next week. What? No. No, this week was perfect, and it was good. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us and tell us what you thought, you can do it on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. We're Junction City Podcast everywhere. You can go to JunctionCityPodcast.com. You can JunctionCityPodcast at Gmail. And now that's it. You should also listen. Tell your friends. Tell them to listen to the show. Yeah. Tell them they can be mad at us for being liberals, but they still need to know what's going on in the community. Oh, all right. That's a great point, right there. Yeah, and then and then you can rate us on whatever. But honestly, that doesn't matter as much as just telling no, your damn friends. Matter. You know, and, and we're not coming up on and, iTunes listings. You know what? We're not looking for them. We're looking for Ogden and Weber County people. So tell them. Yeah, like and if you don't want to rate us five stars. Yeah. No, here, here's the deal. Here's the fucking deal with that. Who's got time? Like, Dude, who, I've who, rated it. It takes five seconds. Who, yeah, no, no. Who listens to a podcast, a whole podcast? And, it's like, and who listens to a three or a four twice? Do you? Yeah. I'm too goddamn busy to listen to a three or a four-star podcast. Right. You know I mean? It's got to be five-star. I don't know time for But it. listen, I don't go around rating shit five stars. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how your rating system works, but, like, I got standards, man. <laughs> No, I usually don't Do rate you? it all. I usually don't rate it all. Guy who drinks beer in the river. <laughs> That's hey. a John Miles standard. <laughs> if you were to do a survey of all of the places you could sit and drink beer in the river, is five stars, baby. <laughs> yeah, especially you, with the river right. is chilling his beer before he cracks it open, like some kind of man bear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like... <laughs> it's a lot like that. <laughs> It's like, but you just gotta be a weird, weird guy. It'll be like, yeah, I keep listening to this podcast. It's, it's a three-star podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, that like, is weird. That. Yeah, like who does that? You know what I mean? Like that's the guy that people just tolerate. Are they talking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they? Uncle Lem. Yeah, Uncle they, Lem's a total dick. Yeah, but, like yeah, we keep him around. Like if you're that guy, yeah, people talk behind your back a lot. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're that guy. So you're saying either write us five stars or stop listening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like shit or get off the pot. That's exactly it. If we're not five stars, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, there it was. Yeah, we brought it out. Yeah. And, 
never listen again. <laughs> but good. Tell your friends. Yeah. yeah. Do tell your friends, please. Yeah. And like we say every week, <laughs> all politics is local. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> He was on the way back from mm. all this negativity, like, like, like a recovering alcoholic, and oh, yeah. took him to the bar. Dude. Yeah, he was wrestling with it that whole time yeah. tonight, and then at the end, he just <laughs> leaned in. <laughs> he was just like, sucks. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.